Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio. Your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Thursday, April 6th, and we start with local news. Murray County's Budget Committee held a special called meeting last week to begin budget talks for the 2023-2024 fiscal year, which begins July 1st. The meeting largely focused on a proposed 6% raise for all county government employees. Though the Budget Committee voted in favor of the raise during its March 13th meeting, Murray County Finance Director Doug Laconin said it will be a long process. However, the raises could be voted upon as early as May. With a proposed impact fee failing to pass the State House Property and Planning Subcommittee last month, questions loom whether taxpayers will see further increases with the proposed raise, though Luconan said the likelihood is very low. It just depends on how many capital projects are funded, he said, listing new schools, renovation projects, and buildings. Luconan said the proposed raise will be paid for with a mixture of all governmental revenues such as taxes, fees, and grants. We have seen a natural growth in revenue due to growth, but we also have challenges of capital funding to support that growth, Luconin said. As of right now, there is not a tax increase being discussed. The meeting also went over submissions made by department heads. Requests are being considered for the Sheriff's Department, Murray County Jail, Tourism, and County Buildings, among others. Sheriff Bucky Rowland, who submitted one of the requests for the Sheriff's Department, stated the number of calls for service has increased, leading to more warrants issued by the courts. This trend will only increase with our overwhelming growth, the justification read, citing the need for an additional dispatcher, deputies, and correctional officers. 32 new positions are currently being requested across all departments, with a total estimated cost of $2 million, including benefits. Laconan listed his three main goals as balancing the budget, no tax increase, and funding the services needed for the community. The next budget committee meeting will be scheduled for April 10th. Mount Pleasant announced that it received a notice to proceed with construction from the Tennessee Department of Transportation, or TDOT, in late March, which moves the project to the bidding phase. The project is Phase 1 of a downtown revitalization project that will include new accessible sidewalks, ADA-compliant pedestrian ramps, new pedestrian lighting, and amenities including benches, trash receptacles, and bike racks. TDOT awarded the city $1.25 million in Transportation Alternatives Program, or TAP, grant funds in 2018 for the pedestrian improvements. As part of the grant agreement, the city must provide a minimum match of 20% to receive those funds. In an effort to do a comprehensive project, the city has worked with the Water and Sewer Department to conduct water and sewer rehabilitation simultaneously. Mount Pleasant Power is also assisting the city in funding the lighting and traffic signalization portion of the project. In total, the, pro- the project construction is expected to cost about $2.5 million. This project has been in the making for many years. It started with a downtown master plan, continued with a grant application to TDOT, then years of coordination and going through TDOT's required processes. We are thrilled to finally put this project out to bid, said City Manager Kate Collier. The bidding process is expected to be initiated over the next several weeks with a bid opening in early May. More approvals and coordination with TDOT will have to take place before a formal award is made. However, the city hopes to be able to begin construction later this summer and the project complete by the fall of 2024. 
The schedule of implementation of the Phase 1 project is timely, given that the city was awarded approximately $1.85 million in a 2022 TAP grant from the pedestrian improvements in the Phase 2 project area. This is part of the city's ongoing commitment to implement the master plan for revitalization of Mount Pleasant's downtown. A new support group is forming to address the needs both of those suffering from Parkinson's disease and those who care for the ill. The Parkinson's Project, organized by Janie Van Deventer, will begin meeting on the second Wednesday of each month at the Murray County Senior Center located at 1020 Murray County Park Drive in Columbia from 2 to 4 p.m. We offer a safe and compassionate space for patients and caregivers to share their thoughts and feelings, learn coping strategies, and receive counseling. We understand that Parkinson's disease can be a source of loneliness, depression, and stress for both patients and caregivers. That's why we are committed to providing comprehensive support that addresses the emotional as well as the physical aspects of the condition, Vantaventer said in an email. The Parkinson's Project is a nationwide movement which recognizes that both patients and caregivers sometimes feel overwhelmed and unsure of how to cope with the emotional and practical challenges of the condition. Studies have indicated that Parkinson's patients are likely to report a higher quality of life if their caregivers are not strained. To reserve reserve a spot or to learn more about the project, you can visit bit.ly forward slash Parkinson's Project. You can email Janie, that's J-A-N-N-I-E, dot coaching at email.com or call the number 615-975-1673 for more information. We look forward to meeting you and providing the support you need, Vandeventure said. The Tennessee Department of Environment and Conservation, or TDEC, last week announced 43 grants totaling $203,244,525 from the state's American Rescue Plan Fund, part of which TDEC is administering in the form of drinking water, wastewater, and stormwater infrastructure grants. The city of Spring Hill will receive $2.37 million, the department announced. The city will use ARP funds to address critical needs and significant non-compliance issues, as well as develop a comprehensive asset management plan. Spring Hill will replace and modernize aging assets, develop an inventory and condition assessment plan, and develop a planned operations and maintenance work order system. Of the 43 grants announced, 14 are collaborative grants and 29 are non-collaborative. Collaborative grants involve multiple entities, cities, counties, or water utilities, partnering on projects to work toward a shared purpose. All grants awarded represent 132 individual drinking water, wastewater, and or stormwater infrastructure projects. These grants announced to bring a total ARP funds awarded to TDEC, by TDEC rather, to $401.7 million since August. Tennessee received $3.725 billion from the ARP, and the state's Financial Stimulus Accountability Group dedicated $1.35 billion of those funds to TDEC to support water projects in communities throughout Tennessee. Of the $1.35 billion, approximately $1 billion was designated for non-competitive formula-based grants offered to counties and eligible cities. The grants announced today are part of the $1 billion non-competitive grant program. The remaining funds, about $269 million, will go to state-initiated projects and competitive grants. These grants will address important water infrastructure needs across rural and urban Tennessee communities, said Governor Bill Lee. 
We look forward to the improvements these projects will bring, and we commend the communities who have gone through the application process. More than ever, infrastructure is critically important to our local communities, said Lieutenant Governor Randy McNally. This money will allow cities and towns to address deficiencies and make improvements that will pay dividends not just in the present, but in the years to come as well. I greatly appreciate the work of the governor and my colleagues on the Fiscal Accountability Group for their work in making sure these funds were spent appropriately and efficiently, he said. We continue experiencing considerable growth across the state, and many of our communities require additional resources to address their evolving needs, said Speaker of the House Cameron Sexton. These grants will play a major role in ensuring cities and towns have access to infrastructure solutions that will enable them to continue thriving so Tennessee remains a preferred destination for both businesses and families, he said. Blood Assurance and Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder are calling on residents to donate the gift of life during National Volunteer Month. Since 1991, the month of April has been dedicated to honoring all volunteers throughout the United States as well as encouraging volunteerism, like giving blood. In addition, I'm sorry, in recognition of the occasion, Mulder is featured in a new public service announcement produced by Blood Assurance. This is an opportunity to answer the call and give back, Mayor Mulder said in the promotional video. Knowing that it will go on to help people who need it, who need it I can't imagine a more important calling, he said. Blood Assurance is the sole supplier of blood and blood products to the city's only hospital, Murray Regional Medical Center. The nonprofit has a donation center located at 1412 Trotwood Avenue. It's important that our blood supply levels remain at a point that doesn't get crucial for our community, noted Mayor Mulder. I'm grateful for Blood Assurance and what they mean for our community as far as giving back, he said. Donors can schedule an appointment online at www.bloodassurance.org forward slash schedule, can call 1-800-962-0628, or text the word BAGIVE to 999-777. Walk-ins are also accepted. All individuals who donate between April 1st and April 30th will receive a commemorative Super Donor t-shirt. Developers of a previously approved mixed-use project along Spring Hills Port Royal Road have requested a major modification to the project following an architectural design change, which would increase commercial space and allow more synergy among the project developers, project developers told the Spring Hill Planning Commission last week. Originally approved in October of 2022 was 84,000 square feet of commercial space, but the modified plan would include 123,000 square feet. The residential prospect is 237 units, or 12.92 units per acre. Project developer Andy Zhu of Pentagon Holdings said the change came after talking with a number of parties with a vested interest and realizing the approved plan may not be viable, specifically for commercial tenants. As approved, the storefronts would have been lined along Port Royal Road, but that wasn't an option following those discussions, Zhu said. Part of our intent was always that the corridor along Port Royal would be the active corridor. That's where you want to see the energy, he said. We are kind of exploring how we can stay in line with the original intent of the site, with the open space, and improve the access and viability of the commercial space, while also improving safety, pedestrian walkability, and making sure we can break those parking lots up a little bit, he said. Maybe there's a chance here to push the design in a different way. 
Alderman Matt Fitterer and Trent Linville, along with Commissioner Jonathan Duda, commended Ken Babinchak of Smith Gee Studio for their work on the latest proposed development. This is obviously a more thoughtful design than what we saw previously. It's unfortunate you weren't here six months ago, Fitterer said. Babinchak and Smith Gee Studio, who have worked in the Berry Farms project in Franklin, said his group wanted to build a sense of place with the new design. We really like this idea of a central amenity open space, but how can we embrace that and enhance it? We wanted to locate the placemaking internal to the site, he said. By making it internal, it is not only more pedestrian-friendly, but it enhances the connectivity and enhances the synergy among those uses, he said. With the changes comes new amenity options. The original plan included a central lawn, fire pit seating areas, dog park, and a pond or water feature. In the proposed plan, there's a pocket park, a kids' play area, a dog park, a central lawn, and an event stage. We located the open space and extended it out to Port Royal Road so it's more visible and creates the front door, Babinchak said. One of the major changes would be added height and length to the multi-use buildings. Babinchak said that in order to properly frame the open space to scale, the multi-use buildings would need to be taller than initially approved, but still within the approved levels of the commission. Building length, however, was a point of contention in the first design, and Babinchak proposes adding 50 feet to each of the mixed-use buildings to 225 feet. Linville said he would like to hear feedback from the fire marshal before offering his thoughts on the request. The project is scheduled to come back before the board at its next meeting on April 10th, but would not be up for a vote at the meeting. It's been exciting working with the city on this project. Hopefully it can bring something exciting and impactful for the city and the residents and neighbors nearby, Zhu said. As, conversation, as conversations continue in on the issue of gun safety across the state and country in the aftermath of the death of three students and three faculty members at a Nashville private school, student safety remains atop the priority list in Murray County. While no additional measures have been introduced at Columbia Academy immediately, Head of Security Ben Jones said he and school administration are constantly finding ways to better secure their campus. Columbia Academy is unique in its campus design with multiple buildings, but we feel like we have a high standard of safety when it comes to our students, Jones said. We're always trying to get a different perspective from parents, alumni, and staff on what we have and if it's enough, he said. Since being named head of security, Jones said a lot has been improved upon in both policy and procedures, but also in physical protection. We have cameras and access control systems in place, and we have multiple armed security on campus, he said. We work with local law enforcement to host training sessions to make them familiar with our buildings and campus, and so the response times are reduced as much as can be, he said. Meanwhile, Murray County Public Schools serve over 13,000 students in the pre-K through 12th grade, with a number of students continuing to rise due to the county's rapid growth rate. Jonathan Berry, school safety coordinator for Murray County Public Schools, said protocols have been in place as long as there has been a school district. Focus shifted in the late 1990s to include active shooter procedures, he said, following the school shooting in Giles County and at Columbine. In 1995, 17-year-old James Ellison Rouse opened fire at Richland High School in Linville in Giles County, killing one student and one teacher. The shooting is considered noteworthy for occurring before the 1999 Columbine High School massacre, which killed 12 students and one teacher. 
Barry said Murray County Public Schools security protocols are referred to as emergency operations plans, or EOPs, and are required by the state to be revised and updated yearly. My office is responsible for ensuring the completion of EOPs and submitting them to the state via our state-approved school security software, Barry said. Updated EOPs are required to be submitted to the state prior to each new school year. Barry added that district-wide security assessments are also required to be completed each spring for each individual campus. These security assessments identify areas of weakness and allow us to focus our efforts on the identified weakness, he said. Barry also said school resource officers, or SROs, are in each building, with two in each high school and two in middle school. The funding for SROs was originally a joint effort between Murray County Public Schools and Murray County government at the inception of the program. Now, the division is completely funded by the county government. Jack Cobb, communications director for Murray County Public Schools, stated in an email that the district has had SROs in place since 1999 and was the first district in Tennessee to have an officer in every every school building. Barry did not go into detail about the products used to secure buildings, but did say that Murray County Public Schools has protective measures for glass and windows, which have been in place for over five years. Cobb added that school doors have bullet-resistant laminate that would make it hard to gain access. Additionally, most entrance doors now have two-way mirror-protective vinyl graphics, he said in an email. In the most recent shooting in Nashville, the gunman was able to access the building by shooting through the glass doors. But Jones said there is a method in place at Columbia Academy's campus to prevent such an entrance to their buildings. That was similar to the Sandy Hook shooting. It's something that's been done before, and it's something we're prepared for, Jones said. Jones said he is confident that Columbia Academy has prepared itself the best way it can for an active shooter situation. It's an ongoing process. I always want to do more. We're limited with time and funding, but it's something that the head of schools, Dr. James Thomas, and our board have made a priority, he said. I'll never feel like enough is enough, though. I'll always try to do more anytime I can, he said. Watching the dramatic footage from last Monday is a sobering reminder to the dangers we face in our school environment, Barry added. Our thoughts and prayers go out to the Covenant School community in Nashville, he said. For your southern middle Tennessee weather, we will have periods of rain throughout the day today with a high of 61 degrees. Winds will be out of the north-northwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour. The chance of rain? 100%, with rainfall around half an inch. Localized flooding is possible. Tonight, we can expect steady light rain with showers continuing overnight. The low will be around 45 degrees with winds out of the north-northeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour. The chance of overnight rain? 70%. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why Matt and Susie Sowell believe the way to honor tradition is with especially personal service. We believe your traditions, your customs, your rites of passage are very important, but we also believe in taking care of your personal wishes as well. 
At Oaks and Nichols, we try to do more than just the expected things, so the service you receive honors your heritage and is uniquely yours, and we invite you to experience the difference. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hello friends, this is Brian King from Tennessee Children's Home. Thank you seems appropriate for this time of year. At Tennessee Children's Home, we have even more to be thankful for this year. We have a new campus and have moved in. We've been overwhelmed by the support you've given us to the move to the new campus. Please continue to support us as we try to pay off this debt. Please go to our website, tennesseechildrenshome.org, for more information. This is Brian King from Tennessee Children's Home. More than 95% of people incarcerated in Tennessee will come home. I knew it would be tough re-entering society, and I figured I would need help. It's okay. Help is available. The new Tennessee Office of Reentry helps get jobs for people who have been arrested, charged, incarcerated on probation or parole. (laughs) Man, I'm glad to get some help. For more info, go to tnworkready.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Labor and Workforce Development, the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. 
Gas prices across the state became more expensive again last week, rising a total of $0.08 on average. The Tennessee gas price average is now $3.21, which is $0.16 more expensive than one month ago, but $0.76 less than one year ago. After a jump in pump prices early last week, the state gas price average has held steady for the last four days, said Megan Cooper, spokeswoman for AAA, the auto club group. However, drivers shouldn't get too comfortable as crude oil prices moved higher over the weekend following a surprise announcement from Saudi Arabia and other OPEC-plus countries of plans to cut oil production next month. Fluctuations at the pump are likely through the week as the market continues to digest this news, she said. Here's some quick gas facts. 62% of Tennessee gas stations have prices below $3.25. The lowest 10% of pump prices are $2.96 for regular unleaded. The highest 10% of pump prices are $3.49 for regular unleaded. Tennessee is the 11th least expensive market in the nation. Tennessee consumers remain deeply concerned about their financial prospects as they take a wait-and-see approach to state and national economies, according to the latest statewide survey by Middle Tennessee State University. The Tennessee Consumer Outlook Index registered a score of negative 192 in March, an improvement from the all-time low of negative 256 on December of 2022, reports the Office of Consumer Research in the Jennings A. Jones College of Business at MTSU. Yet, after expressing pessimism over the last several quarters, Tennessee consumers are showing signs of a slightly more positive, yet still very cautious, outlook on their economic situations. The Consumer Outlook's overall current situation, future expectations, and purchasing indices rose to spring 2022 levels. Also, this quarter, negative consumer sentiment declined from its peak of 40% to 34%. Meanwhile, positive sentiment remained unchanged. This reflects a belief that the current conditions are still relatively bad and consumers are certain about future economic uncertain rather about future economic conditions, noted Michael Peasley, new director of MTSU Office of Consumer Research and an assistant professor of marketing. While the current lows reflect poor views of the economy and pessimistic expectations for the future of the economy, the recent increases are likely signaling either the bottom of peak fear or temporary optimism as consumers wait for more economic news, he said. With higher prices, a fluctuating stock market, and recent banking failures, more respondents are worried, about 64.3% exactly, about the economy than they are optimistic which represents about 19.3%. Survey results also showed that over the past year, consumers' willingness to spend money on large purchases has held relatively steady. Tennessee consumers appear to be in a wait-and-see pattern, Peasley said. Given that two-thirds of our national economy is from consumer spending, changes in consumers' perceptions of the current economy, the future economy, and whether now is a good time to make large purchases can significantly affect future economic growth, he said. Changes in consumer spending, savings, and credit card debt are key indicators for predicting economic growth. With wages mostly stagnant, consumers are increasing their spending, likely to keep up with inflation, and savings, likely to prepare for uncertain future economic conditions, at the expense of higher credit card debt, Peasley noted in the survey summary. Consumer ratings of political leaders' handling of the economy remain relatively unchanged since their last survey. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Three, two, one. 
Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff, or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Are you looking for a fun event to take the family to? Harmon Scrap Metal is hosting an Easter egg hunt on April 8th from 2 to 4 p.m. at Woodland Park in the Fallen Heroes Shelter. This will be fun for the whole family. We will have food trucks, prizes, and photos with the Easter Bunny. Come on out and support local. Start times vary by age. Visit our Facebook page, Harmon Scrap Metal, for more information. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. Jurassic Quest is roaring into Franklin from April 14th through the 16th at the Williamson County Ag Expo Park. Don't miss life-size dinosaurs, one-of-a-kind walking dinosaur rides, a life-size T-Rex skull, and incredible fossils, including real T-Rex teeth and a triceratops horn. Jurassic Quest is the largest and most realistic traveling dinosaur experience in North America. This go-at-your-own-pace family experience takes between one and two hours to complete. For more information and ticketing information, you can visit www.jurassicquest.com. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.